you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. you give him glory and praise this morning. Come on, somebody magnify the Lord. Let us exalt his name together. Come on, in one mind and one accord, would you give God glory? Would you worship and praise and magnify the Lord? God, you're worthy. God, you are rare. Lord, you are God and you are God alone. God, there's no one like you. There's no, there's none beside you, God. And we give you honor and glory and praise. Doesn't it feel good in the house of the Lord this morning? Aren't you glad that you made up your mind to come to CLC this morning? I never, uh, I never leave a service, never end a worship service without being glad that I was in the house of the Lord. There's something about that when you've had a rough week. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've had a rough week. Yes, Brother Chuck knows. He's, he's raising his hand back there. You've had a tough week, and things have maybe not gone as you had planned. And maybe a phone call in the middle of the week has just wrecked the entire week. Or, or maybe a situation just arose, and, and it just kind of just put a hamper on the week. But when you come into the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning, and it's been a rough week, and it's been tired, tiresome, and you've worked hard, and you've given it everything that you got. 
and you feel wore out, and sometimes you wake up on a Sunday morning, and you don't even feel like going, but you said, I'm going to get out of bed, and I'm going to go to service anyway. And when you come in, and the music begins to play, and the songs begin to go up before the Lord, and you praise, even though you don't feel like it, you start to raise your hands, and you lift your voice, and suddenly the cares of the week of just somewhere in the background, but you are in, one, in tune, and you're in one place, in one accord with the Lord. And He touches your life. And He gives you what you need to just walk another day. I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. If you are thankful, I want you to put your hands together one more time. And just thank the Lord that He's allowed us to be in His presence. Amen. Amen. It is an honor to have each and every one of our guests in the house with us this morning. We're glad that you chose to be at CLC with us. And uh, I just want to say it's good to see little Finley back there. Um, that was a nice surprise when we walked in and uh, so many babies. I, don't, I should never have started that, but we are glad that everybody is here this morning. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to take your attention to the Word of the Lord for just the next few moments. Luke chapter 1 uh, is where we'll be heading to. And uh, I... I, I do want to preach a message with a Christmas twist or a slant on it, um, but I believe that God has, has, has laid a word on my heart that I want to share with you today. And, and I was thinking about titles uh, when I was preparing, and I thought, Brother Newcomer, I thought I could title this message 2020, the year that just keeps on giving, or the gift that keeps on giving, or 2020, the year that just won't go away, or I thought about so many different things I could preach this morning. So many that in my flesh that I wanted to preach this morning. But I believe that the, that the Lord has laid a word on my heart. Luke chapter 1, I'll turn your attention to verse number 26. The word of the Lord says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Aren't you glad that God sends messengers to you? To a virgin espoused or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And in verse 29, we get a, a little bit of a response that would have been probably what we have done. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this would be. In other words, she wondered with a greeting like that, there is something coming. And the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary. For thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob 
forever in his kingdom and of his kingdom rather there shall be no end I want to preach to you for the next few moments on this title and it will probably make sense to you in just a few moments but I want to preach to you the first message of Christmas the first message of Christmas. Would you put your Bibles down and would you just raise your hands to heaven and would you ask God to speak into this house right now? God, we need you. God, we know that you have a plan and you have a purpose for this service. God, and you have a purpose for everyone that is in this service. God, I don't believe that any of us are here by happenstance, but God, you ordain this moment. God, you allowed this moment to happen and you orchestrated it. God, and we believe that you have a purpose and a plan. God, now we pray that your word would go forth and that it would accomplish that for which you have sent it. Let it not rest on deaf ears, God, but open our hearts to receive, our minds to hear, and our and our minds to our ears to hear and our minds to understand what you are saying to your people this morning. In Jesus' name, and everyone shout amen. Turn to, turn to your back, to your left, to your right, however you want to do it. Wave at somebody across the building. Why don't you yell at them and say, hey, good to see you this morning. Okay, let's try that again. Look at somebody, yell across the building, say, hey, it's good to see you this morning. You may be seated. Well, that went awry quick. I find it interesting in Scripture, the words that Jesus as well as others spoke and stated in their lifetime. And yet, no words of Jesus and even words of numerous other New Testament characters would be complete without understanding first what was spoken prior to those words. In several instances, in what we call the Christmas story that I just read to you, the Bible records where an angel appeared to key figures in this much-told story. People like the shepherds who were keeping watch over their flocks by night in the field. The Bible tells us that an angel showed up there. Like a man named Zechariah, who would be the father of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, the Bible says that an angel showed up and spoke to Zechariah. An angel showed up to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and brought a message from the Lord. And then an angel showed up to Joseph, which was to be Mary's husband, and gave him a specific message from the Lord. And in all these instances, yet the message may have been quite similar, but the angel had a specific message for a specific individual. And what is declared by the angel to every one of these key figures in the Christmas story is exactly what I want to preach to you about this morning, it really is the first message of Christmas. There is one common denominator and there is one common theme that is spoken over 
and over again to every character that plays any kind of role in the Christmas story. And that is the words, don't be afraid. To each character, a different aspect was needed as to why they didn't need to fear. To Mary, it was the fear of what the appearance of the angel really meant. It was the fear that after such a glorious salutation, after such a marvelous uh, meeting or, or introduction, somewhere probably in the back of Mary's mind, she knew that there was going to be something else. She knew that the angel was just setting the hook and beginning to reel the line in. And it was just all lovely and it was all wonderful at that moment. But she feared what was coming next out of the mouth of the messenger. The fear of what this greeting was really going to be about. To Joseph, it was the fear of whether or not to continue in this marriage marriage plan to his fiancée, Mary, or would he follow the law and do what the law told him to do, and that would be to put her away. So the fear to Joseph was completely different than the fear that Mary had experienced. To Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, it was the fear of the angel of the Lord standing before him while he yet ministered in the office of the priest in the temple. Eighty times in the Bible we see the words, fear not. Over thirty times we see, do not fear or do not be afraid. I want to pause for just a moment and say that when words were penned in Scripture, doesn't matter where those words were, but if it is in this book, there is not a single word, there's not a single phrase that has been printed in this book that is just there out of happenstance. There is no word that is there in just any kind of idle form. But if it is in Scripture, if it is in the Word of God, it is there for a reason. So when we, see, we read phrases as don't be afraid and don't fear, God wants us to pay particular attention to every word. And I have come to this place this morning to tell everyone under the sound of my voice that that we have no reason to fear. We may not understand what's going to happen next. We may not understand what's going to be attached to that greeting, but we can rest assured that we don't need to fear because God has got everything in control. In this day, and in this culture in which that we, we are living, and in, especially in this year of 2020, we are surrounded and yet even consumed by fear and fear-mongering. All you have to do is go outside, go 
get, get in your car, drive to Walmart, or drive to a, a convenience store, you'll see people that are living in fear every moment of every day. All you have to do is pick up a phone and talk to someone close to you, and you can sense fear in their voice, fear of the unknown, fear of what may happen next. In our society, fear sells. You don't believe me? Turn on your television and watch a commercial from Allstate Insurance. Mayhem is everywhere. Or a tagline that says, be better protected from mayhem like me. You are in good hands, but you got to protect yourself. Fear sells. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what may happen. Fear of what could happen. I, I, I could live every day of my life in fear that, that the International Space Station is somehow going to come out of orbit, come crashing down right on top of my house. I could, I could live in fear of different things that could happen. It could be a car accident. It, it, it could be sickness in my family. It could be sickness in my own body. I could let myself be consumed with fear. And in our society, they want us to be, they want us to be consumed with fear because fear sells. Fear motivates us to do things that we normally wouldn't do. But I've come to declare this morning that even in the midst of a fearful time, in the midst of uncertainty like this year has brought, I refuse to fear because God has not given us the spirit of fear. It is not of God. And we can rest assured that God sees us right where we're at and there is no reason to be afraid. Why is fear so powerful? It's so powerful because it can change our posture and our direction. Fear can paralyze us and cause us to, to be in a place of no reaction whatsoever. We read in Matthew chapter 14 where Peter is walking on the water and a miracle has taken place right in front of their eyes. But when Peter took his eyes off Jesus. When Peter's eyes start, stopped focusing on Jesus and it started focusing on the wind and the waves that were surrounding him, the Bible says that he stopped walking and he began to sink because fear will paralyze you. Fear can heighten our imagination and cause us to see and cause us to hear and cause us to believe things that are simply not true. Fear can make our imagination run wild. But John, 1 John 4, 18 says, there is torment in fear. The Bible tells us that the enemy will use fear to torment us, to cause us to be paralyzed, to cause us not to react as we normally would do, cause us to react in ways that we would never otherwise have acted. And if the enemy could paralyze you, then he is happy. But let me tell you something, brother and sister, in this place this morning, you don't have to be paralyzed with fear. 
fear. You don't have to live with fear. You may have come into this place with it today, but you can leave it at this altar, and you can leave this building with renewed peace in your mind, knowing that God has got his hand upon your life. Listen, if we are ever going to change our life, and if we are ever going to change our present circumstance, if we are ever going to come humbly to Jesus, we are going to have to battle fear. What do you mean, preacher? I'm saying that you're going to have to deal with fear. So often it's too easy to just pull the cover up over our heads and just stay in bed and say, I don't want to fight. I'm going to hide from it. But if if things are ever going to get better, then we are going to have to battle fear. If we are ever going to sell out, to and follow Jesus. We're going to have to battle the fear of what people are going to say and what people are going to think. And if we are ever going to do anything for God, we're going to have to deal with the fear that that consumes us. But I've come with a word from the Lord for somebody today. Paul told Timothy that for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You might have come in here fearing today, but you don't have to carry it with you when you leave. God wants to take what has been tormenting you. God wants to take what's been weighing you down. It doesn't matter what you've been through in your past, and it doesn't matter what you're going through right now, but God is here to take what you've been carrying and that's been weighing you down. God wants to take you in all of your brokenness and in all of your mess, and he wants to give you peace in your mind. He wants to speak peace into your life. Listen, it's not God's will for you to be paralyzed with fear. It's not God's will for you to be in turmoil all the time. I wish I could get a big amen. It's not God's will for you to be frozen because you are consumed with fear. You don't have to fear any longer. We don't have to fear because our prayers have been heard by God. Zechariah, the Bible tells us, was just serving the Lord faithfully in the office of the priest in the temple. The Bible tells us that he was righteous before God. He was walking in all the commands of the Lord, and he was blameless. He was going through his normal routine, his normal life, when suddenly an angel appeared of the Lord and shows up and he says, Zechariah, fear not, your prayers have been heard. The Bible gives us absolutely no insight to what he prayed, just that he was doing what he knew to do. But we find earlier in this passage of Scripture that when he was spoken to by the angel of the Lord, that the Bible says that his wife was barren and had no child. So we could surmise what Zechariah's prayer might very well have been 
So it's probable that his prayer was that his wife would have a child. It was very probable that his prayer would be that he would have a son or a daughter to call his own. Maybe his prayer was that something would happen miraculously that wasn't happening normally in his life. So I want to ask you in this place today, what prayer have you been praying in the normal course of your life as you just go along with your day? What kind of prayer is it that wakes you up early in the morning? What kind of prayer is it that causes you to find a place to pray and hit your knees at lunchtime or on your break time? What kind of prayer is it that consumes you when you drive down the road and you're praying and and tears begin to roll down your face and you just kind of beat on the steering wheel and say, God, I've got to have an answer. God, you've got to hear me. God, you've got to answer this prayer. What kind of prayer are you praying in the normal course of life and you just kind of go on every day? Maybe you repeat the same prayer every day and it's been years in years years in years and maybe it hasn't happened yet I know people in this building that I've grown up with that I've heard when we used to have testimony service I heard years and years and years every service as as ones would lift their hands and they would say just pray for my family just pray for my son just pray for my daughter that they would find themselves an altar of repentance it was a prayer that just happened every day It just became the routine. It just became what you did. But God, finally I can look across this building and I can see individuals that are sitting here today because somebody was willing to raise your hand and say, pray for my family. Because someone was willing to get desperate enough to say, God, I'm going to pray and I believe that you're going to make it happen. What prayer? Have you been praying to the Lord every morning on your way to work or when you lay down in your bed at night to go asleep? I don't know what it is, only you do. I don't know how long you've been praying it. I don't know how often you've been praying it. I don't know if it's been weeks or months or years or just maybe mere days, but I believe that the Word, that the Lord rather has a word for you today. And that word is simply, do not be afraid because your prayers have been heard. I want you to know that prayer is never wasted. Every time that you hit your knees in prayer, God's got his ear tuned to you and he hears exactly what you're praying. He may not have answered you yet or he may not have given you the answer that you are looking for or that you think it ought to be, but God hears every time that a child of God cries out in their soul and they begin to pray. If you haven't seen your answer, answer yet? Don't fear because it's on its way. If you feel like your prayers are going unheard, don't fear. He hears every prayer you pray and your miracle is on the way. Your prayer is a miracle in the making. So keep praying, keep seeking God, keep believing, and keep reaching because God hears your prayers. Revelation 
5 and 8, the Bible tells us that our prayers are stored up. It reads like this, and when he had taken the book, this ought to be, this ought to be encouragement for somebody. Revelation 5, 8, when he, when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors. Or in one translation, it says golden bowls full of incense, that which are the prayers of the saints. I believe that every time we go to God in prayer in our normal course of life, no matter how, how mundane it is or no matter how simple the prayer, I used to think that I, I could never pray like my grandfather. He used words that I would need a dictionary to understand. And so it was very, very uh, embarrassing for me at, at times because I couldn't pray like him or I couldn't pray like so-and-so. But let me tell you, God is not concerned with the words that you use. He's not concerned if you've got a, a, a vocabulary a mile long or you just know a few words. All that's important to God is that you pray. Talk to him like he's your best friend. Talk to him and tell him what you need. Talk to him and ask him. Because it doesn't matter to God how you pray. It's that you pray. Because he hears every word that you say. Every time that we pray, those prayers go to heaven. And they are collected as incense into big golden bowls, brother newcomer. And those prayers over the course of time just begin to build and begin to build, begin to build. I, and I, in my study, I wondered why. Why is that? Why is that? And I don't have, I don't have a, a, a definitive answer, but I felt like the Lord impressed on me when he, when he said, I store them up because you never know when you're going to need that prayer. You never know when you're going to go through something. You never know when you're going to go through a situation. And that prayer that you prayed five years ago is the very prayer that you're going to need to make it through. So I'm going to go ahead and recall that prayer. And you never know that it, it, it may be... 20 years down the line when that child of yours is in a near accident on the road. But, but, but 10 years before, you pray, God, have your hand upon my family. God, protect my child. And at that moment and at that instant, that prayer is recalled. And it's a prayer of covering. And it's a prayer of safety over your family. Don't discount it. Don't think it's just some simple prayer that has gotten you nowhere. Just because you haven't gotten an answer today doesn't mean you won't get one in the future. I have a word of, the Lord, word of the Lord for you today. You don't have to fear. Because what you have prayed over and over again, the Lord has shown up and is saying, I have heard 
every prayer. I have seen every tear. I have, I, have, I have stored up every time that you've sat down at the table and the day has gone hard and you just said, God, I need your help today. God, I can't deal with this any longer. God, I've got to have you some simple prayer. Every time that you have thought it, every time that it has left your mouth, it has gone to heaven and God is storing up those prayers. He has heard every word that you have prayed. So don't stop praying because they are not going unnoticed. You thought nobody was listening, but I've heard your prayers, God said. God has shown up today to give somebody the answer that you need. He's shown up today to give the answer that you thought would never come to pass. God has come to CLC this morning to turn somebody's life around. You've asked him to fix it, but he's here today to fix it. You've asked Ask him to put your family back together, and he has heard your cry, and he is here to put your family back together. He has come to change your life today. If you believe it, clap your hands and give God a shout. The Bible says that Daniel was a righteous man. In an unrighteous society. He was a man who knew how to pray and touch God. Three times the Bible tells us, three times a day, he would turn his heart and his head and his face to God in prayer. Daniel 10, 12 tells us, Then said he unto me, What? Fear not, Daniel. From, from the first day, listen to this, from the first day, that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. There are angels on the way, Daniel, because you prayed. And the angel of the Lord said to Daniel, don't be afraid because the first day you started praying, your words were heard. And the Lord sent a messenger to Daniel to tell him that your words have been heard. He said they weren't heard on the fifth day. They weren't heard on the tenth day you prayed. But the first time you uttered those words, Daniel, there was a notice in heaven that a child of God was crying out for deliverance. And so I want to tell you today, this morning in this place, you don't have to fear because God is hearing what you're praying. He isn't waiting until you pray it five or ten times. But the first time that you prayed it, God was made aware of what you are saying and your prayers are being heard by God. Zachariah, you may not know how you're going to get that boy to hear your prayer. I understand. You may not know how it's going to happen, Zachariah, but I know how it's going to happen. There is going to be an immaculate conception, Zachariah, and he is going to be your son, your seed, your, 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 your baby boy is going to be the forerunner of the Christ child. heard your prayers. Somebody say, I don't have to fear. You and I don't have to fear today because he sees us 
differently than we see ourselves. Aren't you glad for that? The angel of the Lord comes to Mary in Luke chapter 1. And he tells her that she is highly favored. He butters her up. He tells her all these things. You are highly favored. You are blessed among women. And she is already afraid because she doesn't know what's coming after such a greeting as she received. The angel said unto her, The power of the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And that which is formed in you is going to save his people from their sins. And you will call his name Jesus. To which Mary replied, how can this be? I've never been with a man. How can this be? You see, Mary immediately does what all of us tend to do. She immediately Brother Justin begins to disqualify herself. She immediately tells the messenger that was sent from the Lord why this cannot be. Why this cannot happen. Why I can't do that. Why I can't live like that. She immediately begins to disqualify herself. Yet the Lord responds and he says, but I see you differently, Mary then you see yourself. You see yourself as a little Jewish teenage girl, but I see you as the deliverer of the Christ child. I see you as the carrier of the king. You may see yourself as insignificant, Mary. You may see yourself as a small child, but I see you as a vessel that I can use for my glory. In the word of God, the Lord said to Moses, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses responds in Exodus 4 and 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast taken unto my, to thy servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Lord, don't you know that I can't speak well. Lord, don't you know I can't do what you're asking me to do? But the Lord looked at Moses and he said, that's not a problem for me, Moses, because I am calling you to lead them out. What the Lord was saying, he said, I could put people around you that can help where you may lack. All I need to know, Moses, is that you are willing to do what I have, or willing to be what I have called you to be. Are you willing to look beyond on what you think is inadequate and trust how I see you, Moses. Listen to me right now. The enemy is completely happy with you and I disqualifying ourselves and, and with, I, with you and I feeling inadequate for what God is calling us to do. The enemy will lie to you and he will tell you all the reasons why you can't be used. He will lie to you and tell you all the reasons that you can't be delivered. He will lie to you and tell you 
all the reasons that you can't be saved. But listen, I've got good news for you today. God's not looking for you to be perfect. He's not looking for perfection. If he was, then none of us would be qualified. But all God is looking for is someone who is willing. You don't have to have it all together, but you have to say, Lord, I am willing and I am available. Moses stuttered. Noah was drunk. Abraham was too old. Jeremiah was too young. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Peter denied Jesus. And Paul was a killer of Christians. But God said, I'll take you and I'll take you. I'll take you. I'll use you. You may see yourself as one thing, but I look at you through my eyes and through my blood, and I see you differently than you see yourself. You don't have to be identified with how you see yourself. All you have to do is trust God and believe, and God will do the rest. Idea, this idea of come, overcoming fear is really the first message of the Christmas story. That's why every time the angel said to somebody, do not fear. Why was that the case? Because God knew humanity. God knew that if an angel just showed up and appeared out of nowhere, that there was going to be fear associated with that. That's why God was telling them, fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. There's no reason to fear. Fear not. Everybody say, I don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear today because God has a plan even when we don't know what that plan is. See, the Bible tells us that Joseph and Mary were engaged to be married. They were committed to one another. They'd set a date. They, they sent out a, a, a message on Facebook. It was save the date. Save the date. They were bickering at one another. Because the wedding planning wasn't going exactly like each of them thought it should be going. She was saying, Joseph, I need this. And Joseph is really saying, I don't care. Do what you want to do. I just want to be there. Whatever. Plans were in the making. But those plans were derailed when an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. When the angel showed up, those plans suddenly took a back seat. It's the Lord showing up to Joseph and saying, I know the plan has altered from what you think it should be. 
but I do have a plan in mind, Joseph. If you'll just trust me, if you'll submit your reality to me, there is something that I have in mind for you. Sometimes it's not easy to think that the only way that God could ever let something good come out of a bad situation is if it is perfect all the time. You ever, you ever had something happen and you're just like, man, I don't, somebody tell you something good's going to come out of it. My grandfather always, if I had a problem, I'd, I'd tell him, Papa, I'm, I'm dealing with this or this is happening. Papa, I don't know what to do. And he would just say, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Don't try to, don't try to figure it out yourself. Don't try, don't, try to, don't try to work it out on your own. Danny, God's got a plan. God's, God's got something in mind. You just, you just, he would always quote that scripture, when you've done all you can do, just stand. Just wait on the Lord. There was nothing, though, perfect about what was happening in Joseph's life. Yet the angel said, if you will trust me, trust the word of the Lord, because there is something at work here that you cannot see. So, in closing today, I want to say to somebody here right now, that when you look at the path of your life and somewhere along the way it went a little sideways and you're now living on the outside of where you thought your life should be. Can I tell you that God has a plan to get glory if we will yield it over to Him. Because He has a plan in mind. Sometimes it's like Job. Job chapter 23. Job had lost everything. He had everything and he lost it all. Children, homes, possessions, livestock in one day. Job had everything that everybody else wanted. He was that guy that you went to high school with and you see him now. He's driving a Tesla. He's going on five cruises a year. And you, deep down inside, you're kind of like, I wish I was that dude. Or I wish I'd have taken schooling as serious as that guy. Job was that guy. And he lost everything in one day, everything that he had. He was taken from the top to the bottom. He couldn't, he couldn't get any lower. And he said in Job chapter 23, verses 8 through 10, he said, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. He's searching for God. He said, 
And I go backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand. And I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take. Oh, the forethought, the insight, and the revelation that Job had. When he said, I've tried everything. I've looked everywhere. I can't find him. He's nowhere. Here I'm going through this mess. God's nowhere around. I can't find him. He hiding from me. Then he goes on to say, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So I asked the Lord last night. I said, God, what, what do you want to do in this place tomorrow or this morning? What, do you, what is it, that God, that you want to do? God, you know what, what people are dealing with, with the pandemic and all the uncertainty and political system seems to be in all uncertainty and this virus that keeps surging and, and all of this. God, what is it that you are wanting to do? Tell me, please, what is it that you want to do? And he didn't speak to me in any type of audible voice. He didn't come down and write on the wall with his finger. But he impressed on me and this is what he told me. He said, I want you to, to, to speak to the atmosphere of fear. And I want my people to declare my word. So as we stand together this morning, I don't know what it is that you're facing. I don't know what it's got what, what, what has brought fear into your life. But I can say in a crowd like this this morning, there's a lot of fear in this place that is attached to people in this building that are sitting in these chairs right now. And so, in obedience to what I feel that the Lord spoke to me, I speak to every spirit of fear that is present in this place and that is present in the homes of those that are watching online. And I speak and I declare the word of the Lord. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely shall He deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shall thee thou trust. 
trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrows that flyeth by day. Peace I leave you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Say unto them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense will he come and save you. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage be not afraid neither thou dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest but now thus saith the Lord that created thee O Jacob he that formed thee O Israel fear not for I have redeemed thee I have called thee to be thy name thou art mine yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears today I speak to the spirit of fear that has bound that man that has bound that woman for too long. And I declare the word of the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. Ye that fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he that he, he is that that go with thee, he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee in the right hand of my righteousness. I wonder how many people in this building today would come down to this altar with your hands raised and declaring the word of the Lord over the fear that has gripped you. I don't have to fear today. You don't have to fear today. If you let him, he'll remove the fear from your life today. Come on, God can fill somebody with the gift of the Holy Ghost today. You can repent of your sins. You can be baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. And you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. There is water. We have robes. If you need to be baptized, you can be baptized today. And God will remove every sin from your life. And God will let you walk in newness of life today. Would you speak the word of the Lord? The impossible. Somebody speak to that fear right now. 
telling you, you have to leave my life. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my salvation. I'll be of good courage because the Lord has his hand on my life. I refuse to be afraid any longer.